Okay. So, I talked about how it felt like starting off my day. And, I don't know, today just felt real different. I was, like, praying, like I always am. And all I know is, like, I felt like my auntie, you know, she started trying to, like, really irritate me real bad, like, and, like, push me away from doing something. And it's crazy because it felt like I was, like, right at a gate or something, and it had, like, some sort of, like, I don't, I forget the words for it, but, like, like, some sort of wax, like, um, I forget the words, but it's when you, you know, pour hot wax, and then you got, like, a little, oh, signet ring, and then you, you know, stamp something with the signet ring. That's what I kept seeing. It was gold. And I'm like, why do I keep seeing this? Why do I keep seeing this? Why do I feel like I'm sitting at a gate blocked by something that's stamped with like the signet ring? It's funny because, you know, lately I've been like getting references from like King Xerxes and like Queen Esther. And like, it's like with King Xerxes, he didn't worship God. He didn't actually believe in Jewish traditions and he was going to allow Haman to like kill all of the Jews because because Haman had excuse me money and he had won over King Xerxes and he had an issue with the Jews at one point wiping out his entire genealogy so he wanted to wipe out the Jews of course that's what makes Queen Esther's story so special because she was just a Jewish girl who was taken into the castle after the king you know put out his previous queen and of course you know Queen Esther she was like different than the rest of the girls. The rest of the girls, they were just like all about the jewelry and the lavish lifestyle and, you know, being with the king and stuff like that. But Queen Esther was actually Jewish, so she kept her, you know, Jewish tradition. She worshiped God and she was modest and she was different. She was, you know, a godly woman. So he took a liking to her because she was different. He, he I believe... I watch a few movies, but obviously the Bible version is going to be way, you know, it's the truth. But, you know, he took a liking to her because of how different she was. And they just clicked and they got married. And then, of course, you know, Haman tried to wipe out the Jews and her uncle warned Xerxes when he was about to be assassinated. And so he kind of won him over in that way. And also, Haman wanted to kill him first. But when she found out, of course, she by her uncle, she couldn't let that happen to her, you know, people. So she fasted three days and she did what most queens would not do. 
she violated, you know, certain laws in order to save her people. And it worked out in her favor because all the Jews were saved. Every, I don't say everybody knows it, but, you know, common story, Queen Esther and King Xerxes. Now, the reason why I feel like a lot of this is, you know, really... Like, the reason why I feel like a lot of this is really, like, um, being brought up a lot lately. I talked about in a previous vision how, you know, I was, it was like, it was like a, a week in a row. I was having visions of me and my sister. And we were fighting, and she didn't look like herself. And I was just so upset about it. I was just like... No, I want the real you back. I know you're not yourself. I don't want you to, you know, I don't want you to go down this route. I can't. I don't think, I just just don't like it. And she was just like, move forward, move on with your life, let it go. You know, I am who I am. And I want to stay like this. And I want this to stay this way. And I was just like, no, like, I can't move forward with my life without knowing my, like, knowing my sister not okay. Like, I know you might feel like it's not none of my business and I can't run your life or choose for you. I can't, but it's like, I see you not yourself and I care so much about you. So why would I just move on my life? That would mean I wouldn't, I didn't care about you. That would mean I didn't love you. Like, you know, my sister, I know my sister, you know? So we fought, we were like fighting with chairs and stuff, I think. And like, I was like, why we always get into this big blow up, blow out, we cussing each other out, we fighting and you don't look like yourself and it don't feel right. And like, I'm just like, no, no, I'm not moving forward. I'm not letting this go. And this is around a time that God was showing me like, you know, different things that's going on in the spirit and how my prayers and stuff for my sister was necessary. He was telling me to pray for her. So that's when, you know, I felt like in this time, it was like being revealed. It's like, you know, she's saying exactly what God was showing me. Like, you know, this, this, not, this might not be how you used to, me seeing, used to seeing me, but this is who I'm used to being or this is who I want to be. And I was just like, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not moving forward with you like this. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm about to stay here and fight. And I know you got the choice to live your life how you want to, but I got the choice to sit here and fight in the spirit and pray for you as much as I can, as much as I want to, in order to protect you and in order to save you. But she stormed off and she left. And I was like, that's the end of the vision, but it was like so weird to me. I'm like, what is that? Like, that's such a weird feeling. It's not right. It feel like it's something, you know, around us, standing over us, kind of like provoking this fight and these arguments between between us. And I don't, I didn't like it. So I kept praying. And then I had another vision. In this vision, she showed up again and we was in this room. It was her, my mom and me. And we start arguing and everything. And then she was just like, I think she was just like, stay out of my life. Leave me alone. I don't want you, you know, I don't want to change this. I'm, I'm, I want to keep this, you know. I want to keep this demon, pretty much what she said. And I was like, you know, I just start bawling, crying. Like, I just want my sister back. I just want my sister back. 
what did I do to deserve this, God? Please help us, God. I just want my sister back. And I just started crying so hard, like, so hard. And all I know is right before the vision ended, my fist came up to my face. And it was a signet ring on my fist. And it, and then, like, I was like, Mwah. And it was like, kiss the ring. And I know that's like my other sister. That's how my other sister actually kind of funny. But I just feel like, you know, that was like inspired around the time it was like God kept saying Queen Esther, Queen Esther, kept pointing me to Queen Esther. But I felt like it was just so common for people to, you know, relate to Queen Esther or Ruth and Boaz, Queen Esther and King Xerxes or Ruth and Boaz, their love stories in the Bible. You know, a lot of people like to refer to them because it's like they find a knight in shining armor. And like, I feel I don't want to say it's played out. The Bible will never be played out. But it's just like I don't like to automatically assume that's my story. Like I'm don't want to jump on it. You know, it feel like every single time it's like a godly or kingdom marriage, everybody always jump on it. And I'm like, I'm gonna just take it slow and I'm gonna learn from it how I can so I can see what really God is trying to show me instead of like feeling like it's forced down my throat in a way where I'm automatically supposed to refer to Queen Esther as myself and I feel like that's played out. So a lot of it's a lot of similarities between me and Queen Esther, obviously. Like I am different and you know, I put my faith first and when I got here in this situation, I remember the sky was talking to me like, I'm a king and I'm going to make you my queen. And ever since then, things have been so weird and so different. Like so many different spiritual things have been happening. And of course, before I moved here, I saw a vision of of my future. And God was descending above me. So I talked about that a few times. But the thing about that is... I wouldn't automatically refer to this king as King Xerxes because from what I could tell, I was talking to the sky and it was like the sun was shining through the clouds like it was God. And I was like, who is this? And it was like a king. And I was like, a king? What? Like, that's so vague. It's like a king. And I'm just like, who is this? For real. Because I'm thinking like, they lying. But it's like, is God. So I felt that it was God, you know, and I felt like, you know, God was talking to me. And then something really crazy happened. Like I was carrying drugs on me and I was planning on taking these drugs and I was really like in a really bad, really bad place, like a suicidal place. And I got home on the way home the king said or the the sky said to me god said to me you know throw those away when you get home immediately flush them down the toilet and was just like you know just show us something just show us anything and sounding like really like hopeful for me like they're rooting for me and i was just like you know show you something show you anything you know, it sounds like you, you don't really need to be shown anything. You already made your mind up, but you want me to show you something to prove that, you know, I'm like, I'm still, show us that you're still, they didn't say show us that you're still in there somewhere, but it's what it made it sound like. 
shows that you're still in there somewhere. I I just added that last part, but I got to the house and I like I remember looking over at this guy I was with. And he was like, "It's not him. He gonna get you home safely, though." And I felt like God was shining on me. The sun was shining so bright that day. It was like the light was just shining on me, like the light of God. It was such a bright white light. And I was just coming down the highway, and I just felt the presence of God just all over me. And I was just like, that's God, you know? So I got home, and I thought about keeping the drugs, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to flush them down the toilet. But right before I decided to do that, I was like, wait, I'm going to think about keeping them because it's a waste of money. And then I picked up my phone, and lo and behold, Juice World had just died that morning. It had just popped up. Juice World died from the same drugs. I was asking God for a sign, for a sign, another sign, right before I picked up my phone. And I was in my prayer closet. And all I know is I just went to the bathroom and flushed the drugs down the toilet. And it was like voices talking to me like, no, don't flush it down the toilet because... This water is recycled and it can get in the water and kids can drink it and all kind of stuff. And I was like, that's crazy. You know, like who is talking to me and who, you know, like it felt like everybody talking to me. So I did flush them down the toilet, though, because I didn't want to throw them in the trash and then later change my mind and go pick them up out the trash. Like I didn't want to do that. So I flushed it down the toilet. So when I think about the Queen Esther and the King Xerxes story, it it didn't really first resonate like that because it felt like, you know, King Xerxes, he didn't recognize God as his God. He, He worshiped Persian gods and Queen Esther introduced her religion to him. And it's not that he necessarily submitted to God, but he did something for God's kingdom. And so therefore he was made well and good in God's eyes. So. A lot of throughout this process, I really have felt like, you know, this is like so similar because like I feel like God is vouching for this individual. And a lot of times when I wonder like how things are being done, how things are going and how things seem, if this individual is like even on God's side or for God, like it's crazy it's like, do you worship Satan? Because that's a big no for me. That's an automatic no deal. But it's like, the thing is, in my future vision, I've seen God descended above us both. And it was truly like a godly like connection. It truly was like, it had to be from God. It had to. Because God was God had transformed me into everything that I was going to be. And he was above me at all times. And so I felt that this individual felt that too. So he was above him at all times too. But, and I know that that vision was from God. Because I never felt something so real in my life. And I never seen my future ever look like that. And I never had a vision look like that in my future. But at the time, I didn't know what was possible. And so, you know, people started talking to me in my mind. I'm like, that is different, really different. But I automatically associated with demons and satan i'm like this this is demonic these are satan worshipers this is not possible this is not how the world works like not supposed to be you know able to read people's minds and talk to them in their minds and like everybody just 
able to access your mind. Like, I automatically thought it was demonic. Except, of course, when I spoke to God, he said, you're a king. I'm a king. I'm going to make you my queen. So, I went to my prayer closet, and I just prayed about it. I prayed every morning. And, you know, I was just reminded of different things. Like, when I wake up in the morning, and I would hear, she's perfect. She's perfect. And all this other stuff. And I was like, I'm not perfect. I seem perfect. And all I really did was wake up in the morning. First thing I did in the morning, as soon as I opened my eyes, is read my Bible. Then I get up and make breakfast. Then I continue on my day. And my day was really, like, not perfect at all. Like, I was smoking weed and I was drinking. And I was listening to all kinds of music and stuff like that. I'm definitely not perfect. But somebody was just feeling like I was perfect. And I just kept hearing, like, she's really perfect. Yo, I can't believe this. She's really perfect. I'm just like, they can't be talking about me because I'm not perfect. Different weird stuff happened, you know? Time went by, and then things got went from bad to really worse. Like, it felt like everybody was attacking me. I had to fight everybody. And I only had God. I really only had God the whole entire time. So it it taught me how to depend on God. It taught me how to depend on God and God only. And it taught me how to pray pray and fight and also it taught me to you know hone my gift because one thing they also knew when I asked what was going on it said they said as a Christmas gift the year the Christmas before this happened that or the Christmas that first started happening or the first year it started happening they said you're a demon hunter and I'm a witch and I was like, how do you know I'm a demon hunter? How did you know that? Because my whole life, God has been telling me I'm a demon hunter. I said it a few times, but I don't think nobody even believed me enough to listen. And I didn't think anybody would remember that detail about me. But I knew it. I knew what I was because God would con- consistently tell me throughout my life. So when they said you're a demon hunter, I'm like, how do you know? And then I was like, wait, but you're in my mind and you're saying you're a witch. So obviously, you know what's going on in the spirit. So you must see how I fight demons. Like You must see me fighting demons and stuff. So that just opened up my mind to a whole new world. Like, wow, this is really like this. This is really happening. But I already knew that I was sitting here on assignment before I even moved here. I was sitting here on assignment. Um... God came to me and said, you have an assignment to revise the people of Houston. And then he said that I was, that he was going to take care of everything else. I didn't have to worry about anything. In a week, I was invited out to Houston, offered a place to stay with no rent until I get on my feet. And I brought my mom. And my sister was already here, of course. But, like, it was the clearest decision that, or the clearest thing that God ever did in my life. Honestly, I've asked him so many different things and prayed so many different things. He's never made something so clear. But the Bible says that God is not a God of confusion. So that also taught me something that every other prayer I prayed, I didn't get a clear answer on it as for a reason. So this was clearly God. So I get here and things start happening exactly how God said it's going to happen. He reminds me of my assignment one day when I'm just asking God, what's going on? Why are things getting worse? People are showing up, talking to me, saying, it's you. You know, you're supposed to be really, really good. 
and I'm, I'm not I'm not that good. I'm sure there's like more. I'm sure there's somebody out here more good. Like I literally I'm just trying, and it's like that made me wonder. Like it's nobody here. This that is good as good as me. How good am I? You know, because I didn't, I felt like I was like so far from where I needed to be with God. And also like, I just, it scared me because God already told me it was really bad here, but it scared me because I'm like, I'm the goodest person here. I'm kind of horrible. So that made me feel like, wow, how bad can it get? But I was prepared. When God came to me and talked to me, he said, you're ready. I was like, I know, I'm ready. I know I'm ready. He was like, you're on assignment to revise the people. And I was like, I know, I know. I already know all that. And then as soon as he snapped out, he let me keep that moment. But immediately I snapped back into this feeling of what's going on? Oh, my gosh, where are you, God? And panicking and frantic and stuff. So I realized that when I'm in a spirit with God, I'm 100% aware of who he is. I'm 100% obedient. I'm prepared. I know I've been ready. I've been waiting for this. You know, I know what's going on. But this other side of me, you know, obviously my flesh is like franticky and panicky and obviously not 100% obedient or perfect. So... What does this have to do with the King Xerxes thing? Well, when I first heard these individuals come up to me and say, it's you, it was a girl and it was a guy. The girl was like, it's you. It's you. And the guy was like, it's you. Like I can't believe it's you. But the girl was like, it's you. Like, I'm ready. It's you. And I was just like, how how y'all so sure? Like they had been waiting on me or already knew the prophecy. And so they said really good. And I was like, that's very vague. Like it could still be somebody else, but you so sure it's me. Are you sure? And it's like, they were sure. So all I know in the weeks upcoming, I would hear different things. Like people came, this guy came to me. This individual came to me. The guy came to me and was like, you are she she's taking your whole everything and she's trying to wear it as if it's her she took it and she's trying to put it on like it's her and I was like whoa that doesn't make any sense obviously she's not going to be able to pretend that my life is her own because all the different characteristics and different unique things and details that make me me would not fit on somebody else like my name my family you know all my memories and the different stuff about me that make me me like how can you take that and wear that for somebody else but obviously I was not 100% at this time aware of what was possible so the individual said to me well yeah you you wouldn't you wouldn't probably understand but I figured it out I figured it out like it was not so easy to figure out as I thought. But this individual also, you know, was kind of sketchy to me because this individual would was like, 
let me see where you at. I can walk you through this. I can help you. And then when I showed this individual where I, I was like, how do I show you where I'm at? I don't know what to do. And this individual was like, just show me. And I'm just like, I don't know how to do that. And so this individual found it, you know, and was just like, hmm, you're not, you're not hip. Like, you don't know anything at all. You really don't know what's going on. You're really unaware 100%. And I'm like, what am I supposed to know? Like, why do you feel like I'm supposed to be able to already know this? And that's when the individual was like, you good for real. You prepared. Like, you got it. You don't need nothing from me. So they took a little bit off to make it seem like I needed them. And they didn't think I noticed that. But I noticed it. And I was like, that's kind of corny. Why do you need to take anything away from me so you can feel like I need you? But... When I said it, the individual got smart with me. Like, hold on. You don't know. You're not. You're not hip that I really, like, you vulnerable. You so vulnerable. I could do whatever I wanted to do to you right now. And you will be able to do nothing. And I was like, um, who thinks of stuff like that? Like, who says something like that? Like, He's like, it's it's cool, it's cool. I'm going to let that slide. I ain't going to do nothing to you. And I was just like, at the time, I was just like, who the F do you think you are? Like, what? You ain't going to do nothing to me and you in my mind. You know, feeling like you can just boss me around, tell me what to do. But like I said, at this time, I was unaware of what was possible. Time went on. I felt watched. Every single morning that I would pray, it was a demon that would show up. A big demon, a few of them that will be rustling through the grass and showing up and standing right dead in front of me. And I saw it was big. It had hoofs, hoofs like, you know, a calf or something. And it had like horns and it was like a big, like manly. I think it was a male demon. And it would just stand there. It was dark. It was so black and it would just stand there. And I saw it. I would always see it and I would just be looking at it like. I'm not about to stop my prayer time for you. I don't I don't get distracted by nothing in my prayer time because me and God have been working on it. No, not allowing Satan to distract me when I pray. So I would just ignore it and I would pray still, but it would always show up every morning when I prayed to the point where I just felt followed around and watched everywhere I go. Like there's no place I could go, nowhere I could be. That this demon wasn't watching me. But for a while, before that, I had felt watched. So, you know, I'm thinking it, you know, maybe I'm paranoid. No, I know I'm not paranoid or crazy, but I couldn't explain it. I just trusted God. Every time I would feel uncomfortable or feel like I was being watched, even in my hometown before I got here, I would just pray. I'll pick up my Bible and I immediately just start praying. So that's probably how they figured out I'm a demon hunter. First, because I can see them. Second, because every time I pray... They, you know, they get angry. They get really angry. And usually they don't show up like that. They really don't show up super bold. But they started showing up really bold like that. And it kind of showed me, like, you know, I'm getting further in my faith for them to be so angry at me. They just started irritating me. So time goes by, of course. The sky talks to me, says, I'm a king. You're gonna be my queen and this is God and 
like I went home not really knowing what to do with the information. But I sat in my prayer closet and I just felt like somebody was so smitten by me. Like they were so in love. Like they were just looking at me like, oh my gosh, like you are like, I really like, I don't know, like want you or something like that. But it didn't feel like a demonic energy. It felt like God. So I'm like, this is God. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I made my mistakes, but I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Time goes by. I start to get attacked. I hear get up and fulfill the prophecy. They were like, are you at rock bottom? I was like, yeah, I guess. But I was kind of being coerced into saying I was at rock bottom because in reality, I no, I wasn't at rock bottom. I didn't feel like I was at rock bottom, but who knows what somebody else's perspective of rock bottom is, you know? I didn't feel like it was my rock bottom, but I, I, I kind of took the hint, like, just say you at rock bottom. Just say you at rock bottom so it can start now. And I was just like, yeah, I'm at rock bottom. Because I was feeling suicidal, and I was taking pills, and I was just like, I don't care. Like, I want to die. I want to die. And I would wake up the next morning and be like, I saved your life. You didn't die. I saved you from dying. But, see, I felt that that was God too. Because God would tell me that over the years. Like, when I tried to commit suicide, he would say, I saved your life. I kept you from dying. And even when I throw the pills up, I felt like maybe I still had them in my system and I would go to sleep worried and crying, but, like, I would still wake up. And I knew that, like, I was still here for a purpose, but, like, I just didn't feel purposeful. But I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And then, you know, right before I left was so weird. And this is out of sequence, but right before I left, I got this really bad feeling like, no, don't go. Don't go. They setting you up. They setting you up. Don't go. And I was like, who's setting me up? I don't believe that. I don't believe my mother would set me up. I don't believe my sister would set me up. I don't believe, because it was like your mother, your sister, and her aunts in Houston are setting you up. And I was like, I don't believe that they're setting me up. I don't believe it, you know? Why would my mother ever, ever set me up? Right before we about to head out the door to catch the Uber to the plane, it just got this really bad feeling like, don't go. Don't go. And so... I was. I told my mom, like, Mom, I'm not going. I changed my mind. I'm not going. I just have a really bad feeling about this. And she was like, just come on. And I was like, okay. You know, like, I was like, okay, I already packed, sold everything. I might as well go. They expected me. You know, I can't send her on her own because, you know, her invitation came with mine. So I got to go with her. So I can't, I went. And right before I got up to leave, I heard, you're going to find a husband when you get to Houston. You're going to get a husband when you get to Houston. And I was like, I don't know about all of that, but I know I got a bad feeling. So I get to Houston on the plane. On the way here, I was praying because I felt this really weird, bad feeling, like this bad energy over me. So I just started praying. Every time I felt that, I pray. I guess that's when I'm demon hunting. 
well, really, I think I'm demon hunter anyways, because I've been a demon hunter my whole life, but I ain't always been reading the Bible my whole life, like I should have. So I think I demon hunt anyways. But all I know is, you know, I was praying because I would feel this really, like, weird, dark presence all over me, or over and around me. I start praying, and the people on the plane, they were just like, um, huh, huh. God is not real. God is not real. And they just start all like responding like they could read my mind. I'm like, how do they know? I'm over here reading my Bible and praying. But I felt God's presence over me. And God is like, "Uh uh-huh. See? You see what I mean? Like, this is real. I've been telling you this is real. And I was like, wow, this is really happening. That's crazy. So I get off the plane. And the second I set foot in Houston... The entire airport, all their heads just darted at me at once, like uniform, like zombies. And they were so angry. Every Each and every single last one of them were so angry, but they didn't say a word. They didn't say a word. They just looked so mad. And all I know is it felt like a whole airport was staring at me like once at once, like I just like arrived or something. I'm like, nobody knows me here. This is my my first time here. I don't know anybody for everybody to, you know, be so mad. What are they all so mad at? And then I felt the presence of my mother behind me. And it it just made me feel off because I felt like she knew what was going on. I felt like she felt that too because she wasn't shocked at everybody staring at, at us angrily. And they were saying stuff like saying stuff I think towards her and I think in my mind in my heart I'm like uh you know why are y'all attacking me and my mother we just got here but they were I feel like they were defending me like you you're wrong you know you know you're not you ain't even gonna tell her you you're not for her for real and all kind of stuff and I was just like what's going on because even my mom she was standing behind me she wasn't standing right next to me and I felt her eyes darted at me like daggers. I felt it in the back of my head. And I'm like, what is going on? You know? But you know what? It kind of reminds me of like when they bring a new queen bee to the beehive. How all the bees flock to the new queen bee. And they like either accept or reject her. If they reject her, they try to kill her. If they accept her, they just automatically start serving her. So, they all rejected me. They all immediately rejected me the second I stepped foot here. And I wasn't upset about it because God sent me, you know. I guess in reality, maybe I should have run. I should have run. You know, I should have just run and then there was even a time where I ended up taking a flight back to my hometown after I moved to Houston just for a visit I would visit time to time going back and forth and I was at a layover and when I was at this layover somebody tried to take my body get on a train and run away forever I almost hopped on this train and that train was about to take me into the city of a city I didn't even know and it was just like a warning I feel like you know, even the lady who was standing by the train, like, come on, you know, even telling me, like, run. 
And I was like, why would I run? I don't have no reason to run. Like, I would just run and leave my family and not say nothing without no real reason. Like, that's weird. If, like, think of think about it in my shoes, you know. All of a sudden, you're just supposed to take off and run with no explanation. Run away from your family, run away from everything you know without no real reason why. I was like, that's weird. I almost walked onto that train and never came back. But I figured, like, I would have figured out my way back, but I would have missed my flight because my flight was like 15 minutes. It was just a layover. So I was like, that was weird. But I looking back, that I, I sometimes question looking back, you know, if that was the right thing to do. Like, I didn't run, and so, therefore, so many different things are, you know, being revealed to me. I know my purpose and my destiny now, and people recognize me. People know who I am everywhere I go. Not that I needed that, you know, to know who I am. But, and not that I even asked for it, but I still feel like it's the right thing to do. Because in the process, my sister was delivered by God and her daughter. So I would never regret that. I'm always going to be grateful forever. Even though I had to go through everything I had to go through. And it felt like I should just run, I should just run. But I stayed because God said to me on the way in the airport one day, fight or flight. Fight or flight. And I said, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to run. You know, I'm not scary like that. You know, it does seem serious. It seems like it's getting real, but I'm not going to run because who could possibly run away from everything and everybody they know with no explanation and just not even think twice? I said to myself, if I had run, I would have gotten away and maybe I would have avoided a lot of issues. Honestly, I know I would have, but... What would have happened was I would have abandoned my family without no real excuse and no even attempt to try and fight for them. And I said, I don't think they that scary. They not that they can't. It don't even matter. Like at this point, I don't even know what they're capable of. They read in my mind, you know, they telling me to run. Everybody is like people were screaming at me from outside my apartment. Run, run now, go. And when I didn't run, it was like, oh, yeah, she not crazy. I was like, huh, I would have been crazy if I just ran or would I have been smart? So I didn't know if I was making the right decision, but I just trusted God. Like, nah, I got to stay and I got to fight for my family. I'm going to give it the best fight I got. I'm going to do everything I can to save them. And if I still cannot save them. Then, by then, I can run. I can always run, you know? But if I run without any real reason or explanation, without fighting for my family, I'm just a punk. Because in reality, like, this is the people I love. They mean the most to me in this world. And even if they, even I had to find out later that they was doing me dirty. But even if they are doing me dirty... For me to not fight for them, when I got the ability to fight for them, 
and not just take off who like that's so cowardly that's so cowardly but at the same time I had to think about you know because it's not that I was I can't say I was scared but obviously with the circumstances like I said you know I don't know what this gonna consist of when y'all doing ain't capable of things like reading minds and stuff I've never even known this can be possible so I'm like I know I'm in for something though but at the same time I don't know if that's something is something enough to make me give up on my family right now and just take off and not even think twice forever like without even trying to fight or trying to figure out what's going on like I don't know I wasn't raised like that I wasn't raised like that but actually I was like street smart and book smart it's like somebody say run you might just want to run you know because next thing you know they start shooting you get shot down or you don't know who you're running from serial killer whatever but do you always take off running just because somebody else run or somebody tell you to run and you never know they might have been sabotaging your life like they might have said to themselves this person so easy and so and so you know sweet i'm just gonna tell them to run and they're gonna run away from everything that was waiting on them or in store for them and i'm gonna just get to take all they loot or whatever it is that they were supposed to have and just walk off with it so it wasn't about that but it was just about you gonna make me run away from my family like i'm just some coward though no i gotta stay here and fight for my family they worked it i had to make a really hard decision like because this is serious, felt very serious. But at the same time, it's like, um, how serious? Is it serious enough to run for, away from my, the people I love most in this world and abandon everything I know? We'll see. So I stayed and I knew, I felt it. It was like this feeling like, hmm. You ain't run. You ain't just run. Like, and then I felt God telling me, like, listen, it's something, but it's going to be something. But you know what? You're going to have to figure it out. But, you know, it might have been worth staying for. It might have been worth staying for, meaning, like, you know, the fact that you didn't run says a lot. You know, even though I know that they could feel everything I feel, they could read my mind. Like, I'm not so sure if I'm prepared for what's coming, but, you know, whatever come with that. Like, I'm about to sit here and I'm about to give it my best shot, whatever. I can always run. Running is always there, you know? So I thought, but now fast forward all this stuff that happened I I constantly think every single day should I have just run because each and every single last individual that I fought for and I stayed for and I was willing to give my life for threw me to the wolves they was willing to kill me while I was willing to die for them but even at a young age God said to me he would show me different different like posts and different words and different wise words that said Sometimes the very people you die for are the ones standing behind the gun. Those are actually words of Tupac. So it's amazing how I encountered Tupac. And Tupac told me that I remind him of himself. And he said, you remember, you watched that interview where I said, 
I may not be the person that changes the world, but I guarantee I sparked a mind that changes this world. He said, that's you. And looking back, you know, I know he was talking to me. I know he was talking to me because God would come to me at night. and He would say, you know, this is what's going on. You know, men and women being raped, sold into prostitution rings, spiritual prostitution rings, brutally tortured murdered, all this kind of stuff going on, and they slaves. They can't do nothing about it. So, you won't, like, do you care about your people? Like, are you going to fight for your people? And I was like, yes, I'm going to fight for my people. And I cried. I cried. I cried for, like, days. Like, I, I remember just crying in my prayer closet. Like, my people, my people, my people, my people. Like, crying bawling crying for my people like I can't believe my, my people like and it was so sad men women children you know black people and slaves in the 21st century 2019 that's what it was slaves I was like man yes I'm gonna fight for my people yes yes I laid out my life for my people and I cried in the closet <laughs> fighting for them and then next thing I know, time went by and it was like a little interview where like the people around me was interviewing me and they was questioning me. They was like, so what are you going to do about this? And how do you feel about that? And how would you handle this situation? Ultimately, it came down to me telling them like, God, God. I can't give you no other answer but God because if it come down to me making these decisions, I'm probably not equipped to handle each and every single issue or problem. I'm not going to, I mean, I'm equipped, but I'm not going to know how to handle or deal with every issue or problem, but I know God is. So I'm going to submit to God and I'm just going to do everything he tells me to do. And that's all I can tell you. I can't promise you I'm going to be perfect. I can't promise you everything going to get done right. I just promise that I'm going to listen to God. And I'm going ch- to definitely check with him on everything first before I make any decisions. I'm going to let God guide me. We're going to all submit to God together. We're going to do this together. And I remember that night, everybody was just like, so you believe it. You believe this. You believe that God can save us. And I was like, yes, only God can save us. Only God can save us. And I remember we partied that night. It was like, the only party I ever had with them. And I guess that they was their way of saying, like, you know, Confederation Day is coming. Freedom is coming. You are senior, you know, as new leadership to free us all with God. And we got a whole road ahead of us, but we with you on this. We choose you. And they chose me. But, you know... That night, when it was asking all these questions, I'm, like, amazed because, like, I showed them, I showed them, like, what God showed me, actually. He showed me darkness, just darkness, all my people in darkness, and it was a throne, and this throne was so filthy, so dirty. It was, like, filled with dirt, doo-doo, trash. It was a trash throne. And the people were suffering. They were tearing each other apart like animals. 
eating each other alive. They were eating me. They started to eat me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, y'all. What am I supposed to do? Y'all eating me. All I know is I got pulled up to the throne chair. And I was set up on the throne chair as queen. And I was like, this trash throne. No, I will not sit up in the throne chair. So I got back down from the throne. Like, how can I ever sit up here? My people look like this. My people going through this. My people is slaves. They down there eating each other. I went back down there and I got down there with them. I'm like, nah, I'm going to stay down here with my people. I'm not no queen. You know, I'm one of them. And that's when, you know, a bubble, like, because they was eating me alive. They were devouring me. When I got down to the floor with everybody else they started all all of them just crowded around and just start devouring me I felt like my brain was being eaten out of my skull so what I did was I floated up in a white globe a white globe and I I read my bible and I had to I had to float up in the sky in a white globe to protect myself from being eaten alive. And then I realized my family down in there. I heard them. I saw them eating each other alive. So I immediately what I did was I tried to float my family up in white gloves too. But then I was notified like your family don't want to be taken out of the darkness. Your family want to be in the darkness. They want to stay down there. I looked over at the globe with my little brother and he was screaming like, ah, let me out of here. Put me down. Like he was kidnapped. I'm like, I just took you out of a pool of people who were eating you alive, but you were eating them alive too. So I guess you want to stay and that's where you belong. And then that's when I was told, you know, you can't show no partiality on your family. Your family not even right. They get in devour. It's people out here. It's people who need that globe that actually are sitting there. There are good people that are being devoured right now. And they want to be separated from being eaten alive. You need to put them in globes. So I did that. I floated every single last person up that was being eaten alive. That were good people that actually wanted to be in the light. It was only like five or six people out of hundreds of people. It 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 like broke my heart. It broke my heart because I said to myself, like, y'all were just being eaten alive. Like, we're eating each other alive. And these everybody wants to stand in the darkness. They love it. They don't want to come out. They want to eat each other alive. They're so filthy and they're so dirty and they're just devouring each other. And they devour the good people first. They, they like the good people are like the good meat. Like every, all of them, everybody just, just encamp the good people and just start devouring them. You should see how they did me. Oh my goodness, they did me so bad. But I floated up in the globe and they start trying to pull the globe down I was in to devour me. I had to float up a little higher and I felt like, man, you know, how can I sit myself up in this globe? And not consider the people down there. But I had to consider that they didn't want to be up. They wanted to be down there eating each other alive. So I had to just, I knew that I would just be eating alive and I didn't want to be down there. 
So, and I, I couldn't survive down there as good as I was. So, you know, not like I'm just better than people, but it's like, it's just, I'm not willing to eat my people. So I had to be floated up and I floated up other people, like five or six people, probably less, like three or four people who were good too. And I couldn't believe it was so little people, so little. And then the people that I saw, they were so brokenhearted and torn to pieces. They were the only good people left, and they were torn to shreds. But they appreciated that globe, and that's who needed to be in it. I realized I had to put my family back down because they didn't even appreciate the globe. They didn't want to be in it. They felt kidnapped, like, what's going on? Put me back. Put me back. I'm like, you want to be down there getting ate alive and eating people alive. Wow. So I had to put them back. And the people that I, I floated up, I believe those are the people who believe in God the people who believed in the light of God. They were the only ones who wanted to be up there in those globes. And, you know, man, I was just so devastated. Like, how long have y'all been here being devoured like this? Like, what would have happened if I never came? Like, I was devastated in the king that sat on the throne. Goodness gracious. He set me up in a queen chair. But he wouldn't even, like, look at me for real. He barely, I want to say he barely acknowledged me. He did. He acknowledged me. But he acknowledged me like, you know, I know you're here to fix all this. I know you're here to save me and these people. But this is just how we live it. Like, I like my trash throne. You know, I'm comfortable with my trash throne. Not that I like it. I don't say he liked it. But he was just like, hey, this is just us. We filthy. And I was just like looking at him like, oh, you just going to let your people eat each other alive? And he just like, there, like, hey, this this how we live and this is what it is. And I was just like, oh, no, got to get to work. Got to get to work immediately. I went down there with them and they're like, you don't want to go down there with them. And I'm like, I'm going down there with them. I could not sit in a throne and, eat, and my people eating each other. So... I wound up having to float up because I said I never sit in that throne. My people look like this. I never sit in a throne, stand, sitting above them while they feel, while they devour each other, even though we wasn't in no better position. We was barely above them. But every time they try to get up there, it was just like kicking their little hands down, like get off the throne. But the throne was filthy, like trash. You wouldn't even want to be in the throne. So I ain't sitting in that queen chair. I couldn't stay there. You know, he even try to sit me on his lap. If you don't want to sit in the queen chair, you can sit on my lap. I don't want to sit on your dirty lap. I don't want to sit in this dirty throne. And I'm not about to sit here and let all these dirty people devour each other alive. That's messed up. But this is real. Like, this is real talk. This is this is what we battling and going through in the spirit. I'm not even trying to be funny. We as slaves. And we eating each other alive. And the Bible talks about this. The Bible says there's going to come a time where we have to answer to all our sins. Mothers will eat their babies. And then each other. This is what was going on. Eating each other. Babies, women, men. Devouring each other's legs, brains out of their skull. Like they was brains. I'm like, they're zombies. But they loved it. They loved it. They didn't want to come out of it. But I'm like, uh-uh. Something got to be done. 
Something has to be done. We need God. And that's the first order of business. Pray over everything. Pray over everybody. And get God here. This is a godless place. It ain't godless. God was here. Obviously, he sent me. But it felt so godless. Oh, my goodness. Darkness. Just filthiness. Like, emptiness. And comfortable in it. Like, no plans of getting out, I guess. Well, plans of getting out, obviously. But no real efforts towards getting out. So, obviously, they had plans because it's a prophecy that needed to be fulfilled. And I was sent here, and they was looking for me and waiting on me till I got here. So, they may not have believed it was ever going to be a way out. But when that prophecy presented itself that I was going to be sent here, they took advantage of the opportunity. So, that chose me. Like, they don't want to be living like this. They don't really want to have to live like this, even though they want to. Even when I try to wake them up, I try to tell them. I try to, you know, snap them out of it. Hey, y'all eating me, y'all eating me. And they just laughing, devouring me, and having so much fun doing it, loving it. So, you know, that was like a nightmare experience. But I realized, like, that's what I'm sitting here for. Because how do I got the power to float white globes up and identify each and every single good person in the crowd? It's only four or five of them. I know everybody. And I floated them all up. And I had the power to do that. So I realized, like, this is, this is, like, this is God's work. This is what God was talking about when he said, come here and revise the people. So I'm running out of time. And I'm going to come on this next episode and I'm going to just elaborate a little bit more on what that pretty much consisted of and what I had to go through. Okay, so after that experience where we were, I was floating in the globes above them, I was interviewing the people or interviewed by the people and interviewing them. Like, you know, what was y'all doing before I got here? How was y'all getting by? Like, how was y'all, how do y'all survive? They just like, hey. We just survive. Like, we just get by. And I'm just, like, devastated. But, like, that party we had, it reminded me of those paintings. Which gives us whole deeper meaning to these paintings to me. It reminded me of those paintings of the African-American clubs or, like, I don't know, like, parties where everybody is, like, dancing. And it's not necessarily because you happy. It's not necessarily because you so free. It's not necessarily because things are going well. But you are just dancing, you know, with your people and embracing each other. You know, for a moment of dancing, even if everything surrounding it is just completely horrible and destruct like destroyed but looking back on that moment like 
I wanted to embrace it for as long as possible. I feel like we danced all night. And it was like loud music playing. We all was out just dancing with each other. And it was so it was such a good moment. Such a good moment to have in such a devastating situation. You know, finding out that we're all slaves and you know, where we at mentally were, you know, zombies and we don't have no control of our bodies or nothing that we do and camp by sin and, you know, living in hell before we even die. And they ask some hard questions like, do you feel like, like they, I mean, they didn't straight up say everything, but they did the best they could not to disrespect me when they really was disrespecting me. Like, I don't know about you. And, you know, do you feel like you better than us? And, you know, all this other stuff. And I had to tell them, like, listen, I'm about to go through it with you. Everything you go through, I'm going to be going through with you. Everything that you're suffering through, I'm going to be right down there suffering through it with you, leading you out. God, no, letting God lead us out. Because that's the only way, you know, I noticed, I noticed that, like, the leadership that they had before, it had to be like completely un like I won't say completely inconsiderate but maybe just not you know like did they care about the people at all like wicked not even really caring about the people but you know the king sat there with his people and he took credit for his people and he sat there filthy with them he was a filthy king it was a filthy kingdom, but he didn't, you know, not vouch or, you know, like this is my kingdom is how he said. Is I'm not about to sit up here and pretend like we. So, I know how I know how destructive and destroyed we are. That's what it is. No excuses were made, really. But, you know, I was just like, but how, how can you, how can you live like this? How can you allow your people to live like this? No excuses was made. No answers were really given. It's just like, hey, you can come sit on this throne, you know, and accept it. Like, the chair is open for you. And I'm just like, I'm not about to accept this. How could I possibly ever accept this? But deep down, I know that the king knew that, you know, this meant change. That's why, you know, I was being seated because it meant change, you know. And... I literally was sitting on a pile of trash. Then he wanted me to sit on his lap. And I'm just like. No. I'm like. Never seen nothing like it in my life. But. Ready. To do the work for it. Ready to do the work for each and every single last person out there. I don't know. I can never say I was ready. For what I was about to be in store for. But. I was willing. 
Like, you too, convicting the king, you too, you got to get cleaned up. And he's like, how? You know, like no hope. And I'm like, just because you like that, I ain't about to be like that. And I ain't even got to be your queen. But I'm definitely about to do everything in my power to help these people. You know, it's not even my power, God's power. I, I'm definitely about to get us. Pr- I'm about to start praying. Like, what's the only option at this point? He was right. What can we do? No, no, no way out of this. Like, this just the kingdom that we got. Like, this is just how we live in. And it don't look like it's a way out. But the only way out when it's no way out is God. He always makes a way out of no way. So I'm like, God, you know, now I'm not about to sit up here and be hopeless with you. So, that was the start. And then, after that, you know, I was pretty much, like, shown different visions of different things where, you know, God came to me, man. That's, man, he told me everything. And I cried with God. And I cried with the people. And I asked him, I said, y'all okay with this? They said, okay with this. We don't have, like, we don't have a choice. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to have one. Okay? All right. But after that, you know, I prayed. I knew that God was going to handle this. I knew that God had a way, a plan in a way. Even when I didn't know what, was, what I could do, I just knew I was willing to fight. Around that time... I just start hearing them say, modern day, Harriet Tubman. Modern day, Harriet Tubman. Then they call me Moses. And they call me all kinds of different names. And I was like, why y'all keep calling me this? I'm not doing nothing but getting beat up, dragged, and treated like trash by everybody. Everybody's stepping on me. I don't have no power. I can't do nothing for nobody. All I do is pray. Y'all calling me this like I'm some sort of hero. And I don't feel like I'm a hero. I feel like I'm failing. Like, I didn't feel like I was failing because I was praying. You never feel like you're failing when you're praying. But I feel like I really don't have no power. I can't protect myself, let alone y'all. And I just didn't know what was really going on. God was handling it. What was happening in the spirit was they was like underground railroad, underground railroad. They kept saying it to me. And while I'm being devoured every day, I'm like, why y'all keep saying that? Where's the Underground Railroad? Where is it? Where is it? Like, tell me where it's at so I can run. And I can get out, too. And it was like, you are the Underground Railroad. And I realized, like, they was calling me Monterey Harriet Tubman. And then I started getting visions where God is showing me smuggling people out. Smuggling people out of this slavery, the ones that want to come out, the ones that didn't deserve to be there in the first place. There's a lot of people who being devoured and placed in these situations for nothing. Innocent. Innocent. There's people who deserve it. They chose it, but they want out. And I'm smuggling those people out first. And then the rest of the people, they want to be there. They really want to be there. It was hell. But, you know, I'm, and it is still hell. 
but we getting through it though. It's better now. It's it's seemingly better now. I don't know how much better. I can never tell. They don't ever want me to know fully who I am and what I'm doing here. Because they, you know, they fear I'm going to become like the last queen. Who's still here trying to destroy me and every effort to save these people. Doing everything in their power. Like, people still being raped and, you know, still slaves. Still laughing, thinking it's funny, not taking it serious. And, like, I don't want to start talking about this because we just came so far, you know. And I want to. I want to be encouraging for how much progress we're making. But just savages. Straight savages. And, you know, I didn't know who I really was, but I knew who I was, you know. So I kept being offered a queen position, like, you're queen, you're queen, you're our queen, you're our queen. And I kept saying, no, I'm not. I'm not your queen. I'm not your queen. I'm not your queen. I will never be queen of this filthy kingdom. But I wasn't trying to judge them, even though I was judging them. But if you had seen what I'd seen, they also knew that they were filthy. They also knew that they needed to be cleaned up. They, they, of course, like, devoured me because I would talk to them like that. They would, they tried to kill me. But they did everything they power to take me out, and they didn't. They couldn't because of God, because of who God is. I'm pretty sure the king tried to get me killed, too. But it's all part of the process because they wanted to put me in the worst possible situation so that I can understand why it's necessary to fight, fight my hardest to get everybody out. The last, the least person, I'm below them. So I know how the least person feel. I can just, I just heard them so many different times telling me and talking about the last queen. The last queen didn't care. The last, she don't care. She wicked. She don't even be here. And she don't even, you know, she don't care about none of these people. She, you know, she just let all kinds of stuff happen. She wicked, you know. They, where was she? When I was seated on the throne, where was she? The king was there. He wasn't doing nothing. But there was no queen. I'm like, where's the last queen? You know, but who cares when this is the kingdom? So I prayed. As I prayed, everybody attacked me. Like they would just say the most horrible, do the most horrible things to me. And I felt like my brain was being eaten out of my head for a year straight, all day, every day. And I would just have to fight and fight and fight all of them. And I did not stand a chance. But I guess I did because I had God. And they would be like, you're outnumbered. 
You can't beat us. We're going to kill you. You're going to die. And I would just be like, I'm not going to die here. God is going to get me out of this. I'm going to make it out of this. And I had confidence in God that he was bringing me out. And he brought me out. And it was different situations where I'm like, what is going on? What am, what am I dealing with and going through? And everybody lied to me. They talked about me. They put the worst demons on me that they could find. And they did it so that I never got back up ever again. Permanent demons. Worst ones. I'm talking about demons that's so bad that even they was like, dang, what'd she do to get that one? Like, that's overkill. But I guess that was the previous queen, you know, preventing this kingdom from being cleaned up by another queen and another queen sitting in a throne, even though she didn't even really want it or care about it. But can you really say somebody don't want their kingdom if they fight for it? That's what I'm saying. She is wicked because she ain't planning on ever cleaning this kingdom up or caring about nobody in it. And she just controlled these people to do whatever she wants them to do. And it's so messed up. They slaves to her wicked rule, not even being considered. And she would just, you know, laugh. And so what? They going to do what I want them to do. And ain't nobody going to stop me. And, like, we going to fight about it. We going to fight if you try to save them from this. I don't want nobody to get to God. I don't want nobody to get saved here. I want everybody to stay this filthy and this wicked, this bad. And she didn't want nobody to get saved. I'm like, what kind of queen don't want to take care of her kingdom? What kind of queen don't want her kingdom to be cleaned up? What kind of queen don't want to save the people in the kingdom? But look at the king. He just like this cool. Whatever. It's life. It don't get better than this. So I had to deal with that attitude too. Because he didn't never do nothing. Like, I would say never, but like, let me describe the king. I would be going through everything, fighting everybody off of me. And he would show up. And he'd be like, this my queen. That's it. Like, this like this my queen. Like, I choose her. And... Everybody would fight him on it and fight me and brutalize me because he would choose me and laugh at me and, like, step on me. They were trying to destroy me. And he was like, whatever she go through, I go through too. Whatever she is, I am too. Whatever she, wherever she at, I'm at too. That's it, you know? I, I mean, he did do stuff. He does do things, but he has a way about himself too. That's very reflective of how filthy the kingdom is. So he got to be cleaned up too, a lot. And he's, I don't say he's stuck in his ways because obviously he wanted to be better. He wanted to choose a queen that's going to make it better. You know, he wants the opportunity to make it better. So he cared more than the, the queen. But a king is supposed to take responsibility for his kingdom no matter what kingdom he has. Even when he the worst part of it. But 
they vouched for him too. They stuck up for him. And they stood behind the decisions that he made in their own strange way. Because they had loyalty to the queen too. So, well, I won't say that, but they did have loyalty to the queen where she just controlled them. She she just controlled them to do what what she wanted them to do. But they was choosing her and fighting with her a lot of times, you know, against me. Even though he was choosing me, they was choosing me too. But it's just like, you're going to have to fight her. You're going to have to go through all of us too. We all going to just fight you then. And a lot of times I was even fighting the king because he's just so wrong. He was just so wrong. And, like, God really placed a task before me. I just say that. He placed a task before me. So, I found myself asking, who is this? What's going on? Why am I here? What did I do to deserve this? And all this stuff. And I would hear, like, what did you do to deserve this? Like, if you know you didn't do nothing wrong, then why you keep asking that? I thought it was Jesus who said that to me. But I don't know. Especially considering that, you know, this king was there the whole time. But try to make it look like they showed up, you know, to save me out of my troubles. Knowing that they set it up like that. Threw me right in. But they at least told me everything before. They was like, gave me the whole rundown. Like, this is a prophecy. You know, the only way for you to learn how to swim is to what? Get thrown in the water. So either you sink or you swim. You're about to get thrown in. Is you ready? And I was just like. I mean. Ready as I ever be. Like I, what am I supposed to say to that? You know. If I sink I sink. If I swim I swim. Whatever let's go. And it was like. It's time. It's time. And everybody's like. Ooh. Ooh. He like her. He like her. He gonna. You know. He gonna do it now. He gonna do it now. And it was like rush to rapture and stuff. I thought it was Jesus. And I thought those were the angels. But they probably was lying. But I don't know. I just do not know. So. I would fight Satan. All day every day. Satan would try and get me to sell my soul. Like do you want this? Do you want that? Or you going to do this and you going to do that and you don't got no choice. I'm going to kill you. You going to die. You know, you going to die anyways. I'm going to try to kill you anyways. But, you know, you going to choose this if you're still alive. You don't have no choice. I was like, I got a choice. I choose God. And I'm going to fight you on everything. Everything with God until... You know, because I'm making it out of this a lot for sure. I know God is going, to, is going to, you know, save my life. I know I'm going to be okay. But, you know, he going to help all these people. And I just would tell them as they brutalized me, <laughs> I would pray and cry, pray and cry, pray and cry while they all just did whatever they wanted to me. 
every time I lifted up a hand, they stepped on it. And they would say, you know, God can't save you. We're God. God's not real. You don't have no power. You can't do nothing. You outnumbered. You gonna die. All this other stuff. And even said to me, like, you know, even said to me, Like, every single time I would tell them, I would always tell them, like, listen, God is real. Jesus is right here. Don't you hear him? Don't you see him? Choose God now while you still got the chance. I'm like, this is hell. This is worse than hell. And I'm like, I always wonder what hell would be like. And it's like, I remember somebody saying to me, like, yeah, it's worse. Like, yep. And it's like tortured all day and all night feeling like you would never find a way out you would never be free but knowing that God was with me the whole time I have to choose him no matter what I can never not choose God you know man it's crazy but all I know is you know, they hated good. They found out how good I was, and they was like, let's all kill her. They hated good. And Jesus stayed with me the whole time, and all I heard was Jesus say, humble yourself before my father. He screamed it. And I was like, pointing at everybody like, aha, I told you. I told you Jesus was real. I told you he was going to come and save me. He was like, I'm talking to you. And I was like, me? And I realized I was just so wrong. I thought I was so good and so further so much further along and then I was sent here as a savior and I was like humbled by God like you but looking back like I said I wonder if that was even me he was talking to because another instance happened where he was I was like Jesus forgive me please forgive me Lord Jesus and he was like it's not you who needs forgiveness and then I saw this person in my face like, I would see this person in my face different times. And straight up said to me, right in my face, I'm going to kill you. I want to kill you. And I was like, what did I do? What do you want to kill me for? And all I know is I would see my body and it would, be a, it would, it would look like a dead body to me. And I would see my arm and I would just see the view, how they see it like. I want to kill you. I'm going to kill you. No, for real, I'm really going to kill you. And I would just be like, what do you want to kill the new queen for? 
You don't want to kill the old queen, but you want to kill the new one. And you might say, like, you know, that's the that's the old queen that was wanting to kill. You know, it was the king. It was the king, and it's just how messed up everything is and was. So it's like, how the king want to kill the new queen for trying to clean up the kingdom? But I guess that's the process of transformation. It's that bad. How you going to seat me on the throne just to kill me? Or try to, but... I guess you can call it process of elimination. I did everything I could for these people. Everything. I went through everything. I was brutalized. I prayed all day and all night, and I still do. And I'm still so depressed. I'm unhappy. Like... Every day I wake up crying, grateful for God for getting me to this point and thankful, but just still so depressed and devastated. Like, I lost everything. My whole family was turned against me. They all been used against me. They all hate me, and they still trying to kill me. And, you know, they don't want me to, they don't want me to, they don't want me to win. They don't want me to win. And I'm being offered money to leave the king behind. Like, look, just take the money and leave him. We don't want him to be raptured. We don't want him to be saved. Like, after all that he's done to us and everybody, just, you know, take the money. We'll let you go. Just leave. And... I would not take no money for nothing. The reason why is because not that I haven't thought about running every day and want to run and actually want to abandon this position because it's that hard. It's just that, you know, I wouldn't never sell myself for money. I wouldn't never sell out for money. It ain't that worth it to me. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather die. I really would. I'd rather die. You know, that perspective still hasn't changed for me. I don't know if it ever will. So if he did that, and that's why this kingdom's so filthy, well, he about to get saved. God feel like he worth it. So that's just what's about to happen here. Ain't no stopping that. And the queen or the demon witch, that's part of the prophecy that has to be slayed in order for all these people to be free from her wicked rule. She going down. That's that's the truth of the prophecy. That's just what's going to happen. You know, this king still so wicked where he oftentimes is saving this queen at the expense of my life. I mean, I'm still here and I feel like he fights for me. He's with me and in a way protects me. But he keeps me from killing her every single time I'm about to kill her. Every single time I'm about to kill her, he keeps me from killing her. He says, no, don't kill her. And he stops me. And I'm like, you're still stopping me. You're still stopping me from killing her. And you know how much I'm suffering. And you know how much I'm going through. You know, and you know that eventually the prophecy states she just got to die. She's going to have to die because she don't want to repent. She don't want to turn to God. 
She's not never going to change. She's just that wicked where she want to take everybody down with her, including you. You're even under her wicked rule. You're even being controlled by her. And she does the most heinous things to you. And I have to save you and protect you from her a lot of times. But, you know, he still got this connection to her. Because they was ruling wickedly together. But obviously he ain't that wicked because he won out. He Well, I won't say he won out. That's difficult to really describe. It's like, do you really want to be out of this? Because I'm being so patient and I'm fighting. I'm doing everything that I can. Not that he's not being patient with me too. But I'm fighting for him and I'm being patient. I'm doing everything I can to not give up on him. But like... He, a lot of times, it's like doing whatever you want to do. Running back to old things, doing the same stuff, but I have noticed a change. And so did everybody else. So many different times they say to me, no, you have to stay. You have to stay because ever since you got here, he's happier. Ever since you got here, things are better. I'm like, better? This is better? I can't even imagine what it was like when I wasn't here, even though I realized what it was like when I first got here. But it was worse before I got here. So that was better. And, like, this journey has been very difficult. I'm low-key traumatized. Might be. But I got God. Man, thank you for God. Thank you for God. Because this king has thrown me and tossed me to the world so many different times where I didn't have nobody but God. Having to fight him. And if not for God, I'd have been dead a long time ago. He was going to kill me. They also said, like, you know, I'm supposed to be a soulmate, but I don't know if I believe that. Because he's acted like he showed up and we linked or something, and it felt like it was God. It was like a God-like connection where our whole lives flashed before our eyes. And it felt like we knew each other our whole lives. But I know that he searched my memories before that. And I think that he used my memories of me growing up and merged them with the memories of his own and make it look like we were soulmates. That's what God said he did, and I believe God. Every single time it looked like I'm about to get out of this situation and God is about to, you know, rapture me, or pull me, pull him off of me, whatever. Pull this demonic possession off of me, and I'm about to be freed. He always bows out, like he always like. You didn't know me. That was never me. He do it every time. He don't want me to know who he is. And it's like I know who he is, but he always bows out, like it was never me. If you're not going to sell so to the devil, or if you're not going to be in this like this for life with me, then you won't know me. This never happened. And I don't know how to feel about that. Because it's like, do you want God to save you? Do you want to be saved by God? I can't say that you don't because you are here trying and changing. You know, but 
I feel like a lot of times I feel like he don't love nobody. He don't love nobody. And I saw this future vision of us together. And he loved me more than everybody in my family ever loved me. But he set it all up. He turned my whole family against me. And he threw my family into this hell hole that I'm having a fight to get them out of. And he think it's funny. And he's trying to change. He is changing. But, you know, he swear he's so in love. But I swear the second that I ever submit myself over to him, he will be over me. And he will just be done. But everybody say, no, he's so in love with her. He is so in love with her. He'll never give up on her. He's so in love with her. And it's like, I think that, you know, he might be one of those people that want what they cannot have. And then as soon as they have it, they don't want it anymore. He's really messed up. Like, I even believe that he is, you know, dealing with my sister and expect to jump in between me and my sister. And I don't have a choice but to be with him because I'm like a slave to him or something. And then my sister, I guess, is a slave to him or something too. And he just tur- he just pits us against each other. Like we're supposed to fight to the death over him. And I will never kill my sister. I'd rather die for her. I'll let her kill me before I kill her. So that's not happening. Everybody say I'm stupid. Because she will be willing to kill me. She has tried for this king. And he's so evil. God showed me him as a kid. He was red. And so wicked. And don't care about nothing. And he been this way his whole life. I won't say his whole life. I don't know that. But God kind of showed me he been this way since he was a kid. Just this wicked. But God sees something in him. God sees you know, potential in him. He must have a heart of gold, you know. Even with all his mistakes and, you know, ill will and and bad intentions and all the stuff that he does. Oh, my gosh, the stuff that he does. The stuff that he does. He tries to get me to kill myself just so I can't move on happily without him, even if he don't want me. He gets to be with whoever he want to be with. But he's not really jealous in a way where I can be with other people. He even like he just hands me off to be prostituted off in a spiritual prostitution ring. And, you know, don't care until he want me or until he feel like it. And if he feel like I'm going to move on with God or be okay without him, then... That's when he tried and stopped me from ever being better in life. And different people that he's dated before has tried to save me. I remember running away in my car and hearing, listen, I couldn't save myself, but you deserve to be saved. You remind me of me, and I'm going to try to save you. And my car flipped. So, like, he's not going to let me get away. He's not going to let me run away from him. And it's not like I could when he controls, like, almost everything in this world. He's an agent of darkness. He's pretty much Satan. But, as I said, God vouches for him. And a lot of people might say, no, he doesn't. 
God does not vouch for him. He does because he loves me. I know God loves me. I know that God gave me this assignment, you know, and he did it for a reason. Everything he does is for a reason. So in my future vision before I got here, I didn't see a king. I was just a leader. I don't even, I wouldn't say a queen, but I was a leader and it was a group of men behind me who were also, you know, leaders, but there was no king. God is our king. God is my king. So I think when it comes down to it, I'm going to have to choose God over him every step of the way. He might die. I think, I don't know, because I don't, I don't even want to say that because it's like, God never said that. God said he has a chance, you know, at being raptured, I pre- pretty much, I guess. But, you know, that's that's saying a lot, honestly, I think. it's a lot of people who are not going. it's a lot of people who are not going to be raptured. So that's saying a lot. But I've heard him kind of speak about, or I've heard little rumors going around, like, He's plans to die soon or he expects to die soon. And it's crazy how this, you know, this anointed man of God from YouTube, who also gets a lot of the same words I get from God. He said that he's shown a vision of him. He's surrounded by demon dogs that instill fear. And that, you know. He also had a vision that a rapper from where he's from is going to die soon. That's what he had a vision of. And I wonder, like, is he the demon witch that's supposed to die and be defeated? As I worship. And, you know, get very close to actually finally being freed of all of this. And the prophecy, I guess, ending. All I know is, like, I'll see him, you know. He'll be fighting. He'll be motivating me to kill her, but he'll also be helping her and pulling me down and sabotaging me to keep her alive. So he's playing both sides. And he does everything in his power to hurt me and tear me down and destroy me every single day. He never wants me to be nothing. And my power that God has given me, he wants to walk away with it Give it to this queen and or take it for himself or somehow marry me and have it, you know, for himself for the rest of his for the rest of our lives. And I think that he plans on being abusive for the rest of our lives. But God told me years ago, he think you 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 ever see yourself in an abusive relationship? And I said, No, I walk away from abusive guys. I don't even condone that type of behavior if a guy was abusive to a woman before he got to have, you know, I, I usually say once an abuser, always an abuser. I wouldn't really even, I don't even think I would ever take a guy seriously that abused women before myself. And God said, yeah, he, he think you about to be in an abusive relationship for the rest of your life. No, that's not happening. So, you know, God warned me. He said, it's about to be a rapture. And I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you to go. So, he has a chance at going. 
but you know he's not about to keep me trapped in an abusive relationship for the rest of my life he's trying to get me to sell my soul over to him away from God choose him over God and then somehow we stay in some godless world after the rapture or he's somehow trying to prevent the rapture by getting me to sell my soul because maybe I play a big part in it it's not happening and I even heard them say he thought he was getting the air like God was calling me the heir the heir to the throne we're all heirs of God's throne when you make it into heaven you become an heir of Jesus Christ because God is our father and so we're heirs and we have an inheritance in heaven and they were like he thought he was getting the heir the thing is today as my aunt fought for me and she was fighting to pull me from worshiping who I was worshiping. The whole time everybody had been saying, you're competing for witchcraft. That's not God. You're worshiping that Satan. And they said, that's not God. They said every day, that's not God. That's not God. And he brags. He even said to me boldly to my face this morning, he said, you worship me like I'm God. I'm your God. And this all derived from the day that my sister was delivered. You know, Jesus came down inside of me and delivered my sister of her demon. But days before that, I actually heard, you know, them say, oh, he really must really like that, that hairstyle she's wearing now because he's about to give her opportunity to get her sister out. So... Funny thing, God had already told me, you know, that to pray for my sister. And he already already told me that he was going to save my sister. So a lot of times they give this guy more credit than he deserves. And and I think that 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 contributes to his distorted mindset that somehow he can be worshipped like God. Or he somehow feels like he has to conquer me like I'm a challenge. And get me to worship him like he's God. Because somehow that proves to him that he's on a God-like level when he's not. But it was God that delivered my sister, I'm sure. Because it is God inside of me that conquers these demons, that hunts them down. It's God inside of me that calls off demonic authorities. He's giving me a new gift to be able to cast demons out. But I can only do it a certain kind of way. I have to be focusing on God and fighting demons all the time and it's the only time I can cast demons out of people I always dreamed of being able to do that but they're fighting me on every single last individual I try to save they do everything in their power to keep me from casting the demons out of them because they just don't want me to become who I'm destined to be they do everything in their power to stop me so I can't even fully hone my gift because they're in the way but I guess this is just part of the battle necessary for me to become who I am is for me to do this for me to conquer this and for me to win so I don't know what's going to happen when I win when I finally get up and do this you know I've been down for a while because I'm exhausted 
And I just felt like the way I was doing it wasn't the way. It couldn't have been the way because it would have worked. But they were fighting me so hard on it. The closer I got to it, it made me feel like it's definitely the way they would start to get quiet. They would never shut up. But they would start to get quiet when I got really close to this demon being pulled off of me. And all I know is like I saw it being pulled off my head. And then I would get woozy and I would get dizzy and I'd faint. And I heard like villain music. I heard the demon in my brain and everything. So I saw a vision of Jesus Christ pulling demons off of me. But it was all the demons that they put on me. They put hundreds of demons on me so that I never get up. So I wonder, you know, which what is this guy? Is he a demon? Because if he is a demon, then how, of course, is he actually fighting demons? So they all say, no, he's Satan. And I don't see how you don't realize that he's who you're fighting every day. He's the dark force that you're being tortured by that you have to. You know, get off of your back. It's a big black figure on my back holding me down. And I feel it every day. And he's, they're saying that it's him. But how, when a prophecy states I'm fighting a woman, I'm going to kill a demon witch. So I'm like, that's the queen. Because, like, she be here. And he be, like, holding her off from fighting me and stuff. And, like, attacking me and everything. Like, it's kind of protecting me in a way. But not really, because he really, a lot of times, is so for it. And for so long, he would not protect me from her. He would not fight her. He would just let her do whatever. And I just had to, like, endure and get through it and pray. So, like, he thinks it's so funny. Because he hates that I want to be good. And he fights the good in me every day. While I try to fight the bad in him every day. But, you know, he said to me, he laughed at my brother being tortured. And he said to me, I said, that's way more than he can even handle. And he laughed and said, I know. Sounding just like Satan. It was so deep. Like, I know. Like, it was so deep and so disgusting. But I also heard him talking to somebody else about me like that. Like, somebody was like, oh, my gosh, no. That's so much more than she can bear. You're taking, so much, you're taking way more out of her that she can bear and he was like I know crazy but he's still doing that and it feels like I might be losing but the prophecy states that I'll be winning for a while and then losing for a short while before I win I trust God I trust God's prophecy I know that that's the truth But, you know, if it's really the demon witch that I'm supposed to kill and she's the wicked ruler, then why do I find myself fighting a man? Like when I battled for my sister, it was a man that I had to take down or that God had to take down. So 
I don't know. And when I was up worshiping on my knees to God, I heard God say, get up and fight me like a man. Because I kept collapsing in my body and like he collapsed in my body. He couldn't get back up. And I was like, come on, you got to get back up. You got to get back up. And I was like, wait, hold on. My God would have never collapsed. My my God can handle anything. My Jesus is almighty, all powerful. He would never collapse. He has all the power. You know, he can do and handle anything. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. And every single time I said that, he jumped right back up. Jump right back up. Like, you know. So they've been saying to me, This is not God. And then I'm worshiping and Honestly, I think it might be true. Even though I'm battling dealing with that because it's like this whole time I've really been worshiping him. But it's like, how is that possible when all these different things have been going on in the spirit, demons being cast out, and you know, Jesus coming down, I see a hose in my hand and you know, demons coming out of me, my family members, people around me, I'm seeing all this different stuff in the spirit. I'm hearing all these different things. But I did notice that it took for me to remember when it wasn't like this. When nobody could read my mind and nobody was here to torture me and all or torture me all day in order for me to truly remove these demons from me. And though he helped pull some demons off of me, it was kind of weird. Like you're helping. But aren't you one of them? Are you one of them? So, you know, like I said, the Bible says that demons say you post as an angel of light and is able to perform signs like the Son of Man in the last days. And I just, I don't know. But is that God vouching for him or is that him making me believe he's God that is vouching for and, and, and trying to make it seem like it's him? Because, you know... I can't imagine, like, as soon as I get, you know, delivered of this demon and it comes off of me and God pulls it off of me, he disappears. Like, he was never there. I can't imagine, you know, him actually being the man God sent for me. I don't think I'll be married here, you know, in my lifetime. I think that I'm just going to go to heaven. And that's what I get out of all of this suffering. I get to go to heaven. So, you know, they said to me today that he doesn't even really want me. And, and you know, this person he was dating had been saying for a while, like, he it's nothing special about you. He doesn't want you. He's just, you know, I don't know. He's just on you right now. And... The thing about it is, I realized, like, he really just, I think he likes to pit women against each other so that they fight over him to the death. I, I feel like I noticed that a lot. Like, he said today, I have every woman in Houston worshiping me like God except this one. But I don't know if that's actually the truth because they say that, you know, that's not God that I'm worshiping. 
And I keep saying that I know who God is. I know I know who I am intending to worship. So I'm never worshiping Satan. And that's a lie. And he tried to tell me the first year that I had no power and that I had already, already given my soul to Satan and that, you know, I had already bowed down to him and that he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, need anything from me and that, you know, I just, like, I'm nothing. I can't do anything. But then it came down to it, when it came down to it, the one thing he wanted more than anything was to see me bow down to him. It was so crazy how he laughed about it. But as I said, I'm still going through this. So I realized that as long as I still have these things plaguing my mind and my heart and I'm still having these visions and I'm still battling like this, I am still not free. Like, he's still trying to get me to sell my soul. He got my whole family to sell their soul. Everybody around me sold their soul. Pretty much, I guess. Because actually they said to me earlier, everybody sold their soul. Like, everybody didn't sell their soul. So I guess he's lying again. So, I don't know if I'm really worshiping God because I always had to fight so hard to be in God's presence. And God never made me fight that hard to be in his presence. And... I was just praying the other day, and I just hear, like, I don't care. I did everything I want to do to you. I'm done. I used you up till I couldn't use you no more like I told you I would, and now I'm done with you. So I don't care what you do. Like, I don't care anymore, but they're still trying to walk away with my power that God has given me. They really expect to send me off without it, and they believe that they can. But I I know that God is never going to let them keep my power. It's no possible way. And then they tell me that they're using my power for different things every day. And it makes me wonder if they really can. But God tells me, like, they can't use your power without you. So I don't even know what they're using then. Then quick to throw it in my face whenever they having one of those days. Like, you don't have any power here. You don't have anything. Like, you don't do anything. Like, nothing that you do or say works. And God is always telling me, like, they're holding that for as long as they possibly can. Actually, you it is working. You just have to believe that it's working and keep praying. But they're saying that I'm worshiping Satan and that, you know, Satan is fighting God over me and stuff. But as I said, you know. They laugh at my efforts, but my efforts got me this far. And even though my heart is deceitful and I might, it might be necessary for me to switch some things up or do something else different, I trust God is going to save me out of this situation. There's no possible way that he's going to let me fail. He did not send me here to let me fail. He said revise the people. He didn't know if they would be revised, but I know that I have a future. I've seen it. And I'm not there yet. So God is constantly reminding me that the rapture is soon. And, you know, that I'm going to heaven. So I don't know if that's one of his jokes. Because I heard him making jokes like, it's me or heaven. Like, either you're going to choose me or I'm going to kill you. And 
I know God's not going to let him kill me. But if we, of course, get raptured soon, then, you know, I'm glad to go to heaven. I wouldn't want to stay here on this planet like this. You know, especially not in this manner where it's like my mind is open to the whole world and then they stole my power, my faith in God and everything. Like, I don't even feel like myself anymore. I felt so weird for the past few days. Like, who am I? You know, like they're trying to give somebody else my body. But he said to me when I visited Mexico last year, he said, um, you broke me. You broke me. But I think that he was, I don't know if he was telling the truth. I think that he was just trying to get me to believe that so that I would settle for less and pick him. And in picking him, sell my soul to the devil inadvertently. I'm not doing it. I'm going to always fight for God. I'll be willing to die by God. And even when it looks like I'm giving up, all I got to do is not quit. God's going to fight for me. And as far as not being able to nail this worship position in order to get this demon off of me, I don't know if I'm going to have to eventually get up and do it. Or if, of course... I don't know if I'm going to have to get up and do it and fight this demon off of me. God says it's necessary that I do this. I don't know if I'm going to have to get up and do it or if God is just going to save me. Jesus said I'm getting it anyways. But I feel like he has plans of dragging my whole entire life down for the rest of my life. And harboring my power for itself. Leaving me with nothing. But if I ever get to a, a certain point where God, he plans on, I guess, marrying me so that he can keep the power. 